And I know we struggle with sin. I know we struggle with unbelief. I know we struggle with things that go on in our lives. But oh, as we look at this portion of Scripture tonight, and we're going to be spending a few weeks on this chapter, may we be a thankful people. May we leave here, as Brother John mentioned this morning, thankful, just rejoicing over our great God. 2 Samuel 22. And again, we'll start a small study tonight on a wonderful chapter of the Bible, the Scriptures. It'll take us a few Sunday evenings to travel through this psalm. But I think it'll be a real blessing for us. I think it'll be a real blessing for we who are the people of God. Now, this song before us is David's song of deliverance. His song of deliverance. We see in verse 1, in the day that the Lord had delivered him out of the hand of all his enemies and out of the hand of Saul. And we will see in our study of this song that it contains from beginning to end manifold praises. Manifold praises for manifold deliverances. I was talking to Roy tonight about how if we really look back on our lives, we can see, we who are God's people, even before we're saved, we can see how God delivered us from circumstances that we were in. And especially after we're saved, we can see things that that the Lord has taken us through. And they have been for our good, some of them been really hard, but they have been for our good and for His glory because ultimately, We give him all the praise and glory after we're done going through something. So we're seeing this study of this song. Again, it contains from beginning to end manifold praises for manifold deliverances. David is praising God for his continued deliverance from the hands of his enemies. Tonight we'll look at verses 1 to 4, but I'd like us to read verses 1 to 20 to start our study. And David spake unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord had delivered him out of the hand of all his enemies and out of the hand of Saul. And he said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, the God of my rock. In him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower, and my refuge, my Savior. Thou savest me from violence. I will call on the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. When the waves of death compassed me, the floods of ungodly man made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about, The snares of death prevented me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried to my God, and he did hear my voice out of his temple, and my cry did enter into his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled, and the foundations of heaven moved and shook because he was wroth. There went up up a smoke out of his nostrils and fire out of his mouth, devoured Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens 
and came down, and darkness was under his feet, and he rode upon a cherub and did fly, and he was seen upon the wings of the wind. And he made darkness pavilions round about him, dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. Through the brightness before him were coals of fire kindled. The Lord thundered from heaven, and the Most High uttered his voice, and he sent out arrows and scattered them, lightning and discomforted them. And the channels of the sea appeared. The foundations of the world were discovered at the rebuking of the Lord, at the blast of the breath of his nostrils. He sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them that aided me, for they were too strong for me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth also into a large place. <coughs> he delivered me because he delighted in me. Now, there's definite references here to Christ all through that portion there. But also remember that David was delivered multiple times. David was a man of war, and he was delivered multiple times from his enemies, multiple times. And David, we, knew from, we know from the Psalms that, that he wrote, was one who was often filled with thanksgiving, and oftentimes at the end of a trial or at the conclusion of his military battles, he would cast his eye gratefully over the whole experience. He would cast his eye gratefully over the whole experience, and, and he often in the Psalms acknowledges the goodness and mercy of God that followed him all along, all along. It's no different here, beloved. It's no different here. And we see that, we see also in this song, as David looks back and exalts the Lord for the deliverance he has had from his enemies. And, and he is going to give God all the glory. And he does. He gives him all the glory and all the honor and all the praise for the deliverances that have occurred to him. It's God who has protected him. It's God who has watched over him. It's God who has continuously delivered him time and time and time again. And David had his mind focused upon the great things that the Lord had done for him. He kept his mind focused upon the great things that God had done for him. Look at verse 1 again. And David spake unto the, the Lord the words of this song in the in the day that the Lord had delivered him out of the hand of all his enemies and out of the hand of Saul. David speaks to the Lord with a grateful, thankful heart. Exactly what Brother John was hitting on this morning. We should, we should approach our God in prayer with a grateful and thankful heart. Not everyone has the privilege to approach God like we do. We who are purchased by the precious blood of the Lamb. We have access to the throne of grace only because of what Christ has done. So let us approach that throne, the throne of grace, the throne of mercy, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, with a grateful and thankful heart. Let us cease our murmuring and complaining and, and be thankful for the wondrous things that the Lord has done for us. He's done wondrous things for us. And let us be consumed, beloved, with thanksgiving. 
with thanksgiving. Let our lips be filled with praise for the great things that God has done for us. For just, just thinking upon the wonderful salvation that we have in Christ will bring words of praise to our lips. How undeserving are we? How unmerited is this, is this favor that God shows us in Christ? And when we ponder these things, when we think upon them, as Brother Jim said, think upon them through the week. When we think about these things, I'll tell you, it'll fill your heart with joy. It will. It really will. It's absolutely incredible. This salvation will leave you in awe that we have in Christ. And David kept the goodness which, which the Lord had done for him ever before him. He kept the goodness that the Lord had done ever before him. And David spake unto the Lord the words of the song and the day that the Lord had delivered him out of the hand of all his enemies and out of the hand of Saul. Just read, just read the Psalms with that in mind. And you'll see David filled with thanksgiving. There's a time when he's cast down, and Joe Terrell and I have talked about this. We believe he was depressed because you know what? He's a man just like all of us. Yeah, he, gets, he got down. He got down, so he struggled with unbelief, just like we do. But there's a scripture that says, he says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted me? Hope thou in God. You see, he's, he's down, and, he's, and, and then all of a sudden he says, Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. He, he, see, he turns, he turned that to focusing upon Christ. And what does it do when that happens? When I get down and depressed, because I do sometimes, I just try to focus on what the Lord's done for me. I go through this. I love reading the Psalms when I'm in, when I'm in a situation like that. Because it just lifts your soul. And my brother David, he went through the same things. Oh, and, and he just constantly brings you to Christ. He constantly brings you to the great things that the Lord has done for us. And that's, that's what the Scriptures does. It gives us comfort. It gives us, fills us with joy. David kept the goodness, what, uh, the goodness which the Lord had done for him ever before him. It was a fire to his soul, beloved. And may it be for us. May, may our lips be filled with thanksgiving and praise. May, may, may the wondrous things that God has done for us be a fire to our souls. Oh, my. And, and because, de- because the goodness of the Lord was a fire to his souls and the mercy of the Lord and the continuous deliverances that the Lord had done for him. It was a fire fire for his souls, and therefore his lips were what? They're filled with praise. <laughs> They're filled with praise. His soul is turned to joy. You ever had that happen? I've had it happen. Yeah. Your sorrow becomes turned to joy when you focus on Christ, when you look to Christ. And remember... By keeping the goodness and the mercy and the grace of God before us, and by praising Him, we are giving praise to the author of all the mercies that we receive. We are giving praise to the author of all the grace that we receive. And that's our great God. And all the mercies of God, and all the grace of God come to us in and through Christ and Christ alone. So we see in verse, look at verses 2 to 4, we see an adoring acknowledgement by David of what the Lord had been 
and still was to him. David acknowledged that God was the author of all his deliverances from his enemies. He uses very strong descriptive language in these next three verses. Take note. And he said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. The God of my rock in him will I trust. He is my shield, the horn of my salvation, my high tower and my refuge, my Savior, thou savest me from violence. I will call on the Lord, I love this, who is worthy to be praised. We'll look at that a little later on. He is the only one who's worthy to be praised. He's the only one. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. So note David just keeps bringing forth what God is to him in these verses. He just continues to build upon from verse 2 to verse 4, or verse 2 and 3. He continues to build upon what God is to him and who he is to him. Look at verse 2. And he said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. Now Christ is our rock, beloved. He's the rock of our salvation, isn't he? He's the shelter in the time of storm, the hymn writer wrote. And Christ is our rock. The saints have safety and shelter, supply and support and divine refreshment when we think upon Christ. When we think upon him. He's our rock. He keeps us safe from all our enemies, beloved, and from all danger. Therefore, on these accounts, Christ is a rock to his people. He's the one we take shelter behind. And remember, when it's spoken of he's our rock, it's spoken of like a, a large rock. Remember, they were, they were nomads. There was those guys that traveled through the desert and you're in the middle of the heat and you see a big old rock. Oh my, what a comfort. Because there's shade under that rock. And then if the rain is beating down, there's shelter under that rock. And so we got to remember the picture that's being painted before us. He's, he's a great rock. He's, he's our rock, beloved. And David continues, he proclaims that God is his fortress. Now this is a fortress of, of difficult access. In forming a secure retreat, it, it speaks of a natural rock formation and not a building. It speaks of a natural rock formation. Well, Christ is our rock, beloved. He's our rock and he's our fortress. And we who are his people are safe and secure in him. Outside of him is only condemnation. Outside of him is condemnation and wrath. But, but in Christ, the believer is safe. Absolutely safe as one in an invincible fortress. An impenetrable fortress. The one that you cannot, you cannot penetrate it. You cannot penetrate it. Not at all. Remember the ark? Again, We've looked at this. The ark was a picture of Christ. Not a drop of the wrath of God, which that rain pictured, fell upon those inside the ark. Because remember, it was pitched from within without. That pictures the blood of Christ, beloved. We're safe in him. We're secure in him. And the saints of God are kept at all times, beloved. All the times of our life. How? By the power of God. By the power of God. And we're kept in him. We're, we're garrisoned in him, beloved. We're garrisoned in him. 
And what comfort and joy this can bring the saint of God, knowing that, knowing that, that amidst all the storms of life, we are safe in Christ. And David was delivered from his enemies, time and time and time again. And it all came by the hand of the Lord. It all came by the hand of the Lord. In verse 2, David proclaims that the Lord is his deliverer. And take note of something. Take note. Look at this verse here. And he said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. The Lord. You know that? Notice that David takes no credit to himself. David gives no credit and no glory to himself or to his men. Because we know he had men with him. Do you notice that? All the glory goes to God. The Lord. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. He gives all the glory to God. The Lord is the one. He takes no credit to himself. And he gives no glory to himself or his captains. The glory is all the Lord's. That's what God's people do. We give all the glory to the Lord. We say, the Lord saved. The Lord saved me. He did it all. He did it all. From beginning to end. Salvations of the Lord. It's all his doing. He gets all the glory. And God will not share his glory with anyone. He will not share his glory with anyone. No one at all. So he doesn't take any credit to himself. He gives all the glory to God. He sees God so supremely as the author of his deliverances that the human instruments that helped him are for a moment quite out of view. His captains and his soldiers. He, just, he is totally consumed with the fact that God is his deliverer. That God did it all. That he did it all. He knows that this deliverance is as others that occurred in his life all by the divine power and hand of God. And it's true for we who are believers in Christ. David recognized again that God is the author of all his deliverances. Think, beloved, how we are delivered from our enemies. Think how we're delivered from our enemies. All in Christ. The believers being delivered from our sins. Our sins were our enemies. Our enemies. We've been delivered from the law of God, which was our enemy. It had a claim on us. It had a rightful claim on us. We've been delivered from the justice of God, which, which was our enemy as well. And it fell upon Christ instead of us. It's a great substitute. We would have been condemned if Christ had not paid the price demanded for the ransom of our souls. So David, just as every believer, sees that God and God alone is the rock of our salvation. And note that God is only in his view. Everything else has faded away in this song. He's singing praises to our great God. He proclaims how great God is. 
And this again is true of every believer in Christ. We proclaim that God alone is our salvation. God alone is our salvation. God alone has redeemed us. And his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ the righteous. Christ is God incarnate in the flesh. And we proclaim that only Christ is our fortress. Only Christ is our fortress. Only Christ is our deliverer. We could never deliver ourselves from our sins. We could never deliver ourselves from the law and justice of God, again, which had a rightful claim on us. But oh, what a great deliverer Christ is. And he is the only refuge for sinners. Note how David brings this forth again in verse 3. The God of my rock, in him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower and my refuge, my Savior. Thou savest me from violence. Again, all the emphasis is on God. This is a song of thanksgiving and praise for what God has done. What did the Lord tell the demoniac who had uh, all those demons cast out of him? And he wanted to go with the Lord, remember? The Lord said, you go and tell the great things that God had done for you. David's proclaiming the great things that God had done for him, beloved. Just like every believer in Christ does. The God of my rock, in him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation. My high tower and my refuge. Thou savest me from violence. David proclaims that God is his rock. This speaks again of of a rock is a vast mountainous mass. It brings forth the idea of grandeur and immovable might. That's what it brings forth. It's often used for God's glory as being the strength and protection of his people. The God of my rock. God alone is the strong and mighty one of his people. He alone is able to save. He alone is the covenant God and father of his people. And his people trust in him. We see that very evidently tonight in the scriptures here. This is David's God. This is who he trusts. Is he yours? Is he yours? It is he who is David's shield. Now David was a soldier. He would know the value and importance of a shield. And oh beloved, it is Christ who is the believer's trust and it is Christ who is our shield. Shield is a defensive weapon. You take refuge behind it. Think of the refuge of our souls. We take refuge in Christ, and the wrath of God fell upon him in our place. He bore it all. He bore it all. 
just like a shield. And we who are behind the shield are protected from a drop of that wrath. What a great God. What a great Savior, beloved. The wrath of God fell upon he who is our shield. He who is our refuge. And it fell upon him in our place. As he died on Calvary's cross as our substitute. And again, we are protected behind he who is our shield as a soldier is protected behind a shield on the battlefield in ancient days. And it says, he is the horn of my salvation. David proclaims this. I like what John Gill brings forth. He says, this is the metaphor taken from a horned beast who pushes and scatters and destroys their enemies. That's what the Lord is to us. He pushes and destroys and scatters our enemies. So Christ, the mighty Savior, is called the horn of salvation for his people. Turn, if you would, to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Christ is the horn of our salvation, beloved. He is the horn of our salvation. Look at verse 67, starting in verse 67. Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited his people and redeemed his people, and hath raised up, what? An horn of salvation. This is speaking of Christ. For us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies. Oh, that's what David spoke about too, wasn't it? From the hand of all that hate us, delivered from our enemies, beloved, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oaths which he sware to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. Oh, my. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways. And speaking of John, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby, whereby the day sprang from on high, hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. But we see there our Lord is called the horn of our salvation. In verse 69, God hath raised up in the horn of salvation, beloved, and that's Christ, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us. To perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. The horn of salvation for God's people is the Messiah. 
And his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ, who came to this sin-cursed world to die for his people. To what? To save us from our sins. To do that which is impossible for us. Let's go back to 2 Samuel chapter 22, and we see David bring forth in verse 3, he keeps building upon the perfections and the greatness of God. And he is my high tower, refuge, and savior. Look at verse 3. The God of my rock and him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation. My high tower and my refuge, my savior, thou savest me from violence. We see David here call the Lord his high tower. The name high tower for the Lord is expressive of how the righteous run to Christ and are safe. Safe in Christ is a high tower. High above our enemies. High above our enemies. Far out of the reach of our enemies. It speaks of a refuge that's high on a craggy out rock, high where it's hard to get to. And think of who, are, who is our high tower. It's the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's in heaven right now, seated at the right hand of the Father, far to the reach of any of our enemies. David then brings forth that God is his refuge, my Savior, Thou savest me from violence. These various descriptions show the fullness of safety in Jehovah. The fullness of safety in Jehovah. The various ways he has to deliver his people from their enemies and secure them from danger. And what a foreshadowing of Christ. What a foreshadowing of Christ. Christ is to his people. He, he's our refuge. He's our high tower. He's our savior. And we are safe and complete in him. We who are his people. We who are born again by the Holy Spirit of God. It is he who is the refuge of our souls. He is the one the cities of refuge picture. Let's read verses 2 and 3 again and take note of the Possessive adjective, my, as we read these verses, these two verses. David speaks of these things that God is to him. And he brings forth that this is personal and possessive. And he said, the Lord is my rock. His, personally. My fortress. My deliverer. The God of my rock, in him will I trust. He is my shield. Note again, personal and possessive. In the horn of my salvation, my high tower, my refuge, my savior, thou savest me from violence. Wow. And does not every Born again, blood-washed saint of God, say these things, that Christ is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, 
the God of my rock, my shield, the horn of my salvation. This is what we say as believers. My high tower, my refuge, my salvation. It is He who has redeemed us and saved us from our own from our sins. It's all His work. It's all His work. And there was a time when He was not our Savior. In our minds, we, we didn't acknowledge these things. We, we've always been His people, chosen in Him from the foundation of the world, but there was a time when, when we could say He wasn't these things to us, but praise God, now He is. So, so you see how this should fill our hearts with joy? Because he's not that to everybody. But he is to his people. The people of his choosing. The people who are made willing in the day of his power to flee to Christ. The people who have received this unmerited favor and grace. But what does the Lord say? We don't know who the elect are. We have no clue. Therefore we say, come on. The Lord says, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And I'll give you rest. The gospel call goes out. And God does the saving, beloved. He does the saving. But the call goes out. Come to Christ. He's the only refuge for sinners. There's no hope outside of Christ. None at all. And God's people, our lips have been taken from cursing his name to praising his name. Isn't that wondrous? Only God can do that. Only God can do that. That's amazing. Truly amazing grace. Truly amazing grace. It's absolutely incredible. He's my rock. He's my shield. The horn of my salvation. My high tower. My refuge. My savior. The one who has redeemed me. And we can only say that by God's grace. We can only say that by God's grace. Now when we get to heaven, beloved, and we're with our Lord and Savior, then we'll be completely and fully delivered from our enemies. From all of them. And we see that it is, we, we will see that it's God who took us all through our lives, all the way to glory, preserving and protecting us. All through this life. And we're giving glory and honor and praise face to face then. Face to face then. Oh, it'll be glorious, beloved. What a day that will be. David in this song and just these first three verses has expressed his other dependence upon God. Have you noticed that? There's nothing in there about him, about David, and about what he's done, is there? There's nothing. He has expressed in these, these especially verses, verses 2 and 3, he's expressed his utter dependence upon God and God alone. And he said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer the God of my rock, in him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower and my refuge, my Savior. Thou savest me from violence. God's the one who saves us. He's the one who saves us. Now look at verse 4. I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised. I'll call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. 
Note in this verse again, David gives all the glory to the Lord. I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised. No one else is worthy to be praised but God. No one else. And the believer has been taught that, haven't we? We've been taught that by God. He gives all the glory to the Lord, the one whom he has called upon. The one who he's called upon in the past and the one who he will call upon in the future. In all conflicts and and trials, the believer calls on the Lord. We call on him. Now we may try to take care of a situation at first in our own strength, but we soon find out how weak we are, aren't we? We soon find out how we need the Lord. Oh my. Oh my. And we all chuckle because we're all on that boat. All of us. Oh my. But he continues to deliver us and he will deliver us in the future. And this is why we need to, uh, you've heard me often say this, we need to look back and see how much the Lord's delivered us. Know and know and know that he'll continue to do that for us. His people. He's delivered us in the past, and, and, and seeing those deliverances in our lives will bring the believer great comfort. It will, it will actually fill our hearts with praise for Him and thanksgiving for what He's done for us. And then it'll bring us comfort knowing that whatever comes next in our lives, He'll never leave us nor forsake us. He'll continue to take care of us. And beloved, He'll take us all the way home to glory. He's promised to do that. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Never, not ever, never. In the Greek, again, that's in the triple. Triple negative. He will not desert his people. So it's our great God in him alone who's worthy of all praise. He's worthy. He's worthy of all praise. He deserves all the praise. He deserves all the glory. We can praise his mighty name as David does here and we can exalt him because, again, he alone is worthy of our praise. Think of this. It's God who drew out salvation's plan. It's God who drew out salvation's plan. It's God who sent the Lord Jesus Christ, God incarnated in the flesh, to die in our room and place on Calvary. God the Father did this. He sent Christ to save us from all our sins, and Christ came willingly, God himself, to deliver us from the condemnation and judgment of God's law and justice. It's God who raised up Jesus from the grave for what? For our justification, the scripture says. It's God who did this. Well, then he's worthy of all our praise, isn't he? It's God himself who's redeemed us. He's the one who purchased us on Calvary's cross. He's the one who paid all that God demanded for our eternal souls. He's worthy of all praise. He's the one who spoke all things that we see and the things that we don't see, visible and invisible, into existence just by the word of his power. He's the one who upholds all things by the word of his power. He's the one who gives us the very breath we breathe every day. It's him. It's God. Therefore, the 
the believer proclaims he's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be praised. He is great and greatly to be praised. And note the word saved in verse 4. I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from mine enemies. David knew that he could face future trials, knowing that he would receive fresh mercy and grace from God in his time of need. He'd been saved from his enemies time and time and time again. And he knew he had a confidence in God. He didn't have a confidence in himself, but he had a confidence in God. He had a confidence in God who had in past experiences delivered him from all his enemies. Now, now think of that. What a manifestation of divine love toward David. To have seen that. Look back. And see how the Lord has delivered you. And carried you. And taken you. What a manifestation of God's love for each born again believer. We know that the greatest manifestation of God's love was what occurred on Calvary's cross when Christ died in our room and place and as our substitute. But we can also see God's love manifested in our life. God's eternal love, too. Remember, it's eternal love because he's eternal. We can see God's love manifested in our lives by how he's just continually taking care of us all along the way. Absolutely incredible. And we're not worthy of this. We're not one of us is worthy of this. But God, by his mercy and grace, he purposed. He purposed this in eternity. What a manifestation of divine love and the fact that our Savior, our God, the Lord Jesus Christ has saved us from our enemies within and without. Within and without. And he will continue to do this for his people until he brings them safe into his presence. Have you ever thought of that? Have you ever, have you ever thought that, that no matter what comes tomorrow, because we don't know tomorrow, but he knows it, but that whatever comes tomorrow, that he will continue to be with his people, that he will continue to deliver us, that he will continue to be ever with us, until we're in his presence. And then, and then we're with him forever, like I mentioned this morning. Then we'll never be separated from his presence. Isn't that wonderful? My, it's absolutely wonderful. Turn, if you would, to Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4. I'm going to read, I'm going to read the verse in our text again here. It says in verse 4, it says, I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised. Note that word, worthy to be praised. Those words, worthy, worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. So David says, I'm going to call on him, on the Lord, Jehovah, the self-existent one. He's worthy to be praised. Let's read in verses 8 to 11 in Revelation chapter 4. And take note of what is said in verses 9 and 11. Revelation 4 verses 8 to 11. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. There's the holy, holy, holy. That's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, beloved. 
the Trinity, there are, there, the Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when the, those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fell down before him and sat on the throne, or that, that sat on the throne and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever, and cast their crowns before the throne, saying what? Remember what it says over in our text? I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised. Look, look what it says here. Thou art worthy, O Lord. Thou art worthy. To receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. He alone is worthy. Only God is worthy. The four and twenty elders say, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. And David says, like every believer, I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised. (laughs) That's the song in heaven too, beloved. (laughs) Oh, thou art worthy, O Lord. Thou art worthy. (coughs) David again in our text. I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So we see that in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, we see that our God is the only one who's worthy to be praised. We see David expressing that here in in what we're studying tonight. And we see the, the, the four and 20 elders proclaiming the same thing. And we know in glory the, the blood-bought saints of God say worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy to receive glory, honor, and power and praise. And He will be praised by His people forever. Forever. For those He has purchased with His own precious blood. And so just thinking about that, just thinking that that we are of that number should fill our hearts with praise, shouldn't it? With thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. So we can, we can see why David approached God with, with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving for the great things. Why he said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, the God of my rock, and him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower and my refuge, my Savior. Thou savest me from violence. I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. Paul summed it up in the New Testament. He said, Christ is all. <laughs> Christ is all. He's all in all to the believer. He's all in all to the believer, beloved. And think of this, David having dwelt among the crags and mountains and the fastness of Judea and had escaped the hand of Saul and had been brought forth in these, he brings forth in these verses tonight that the fact that the Lord and the Lord alone is his only place of concealment, safety, and security. And it's so with we who are his people. It's so with us. Same thing with us. This is true of all 
believers in Christ, all who are born again by the Holy Spirit of God, all who have been purchased by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We only find safety and refuge, security in Christ, in Christ alone. Whether it be from the fury of the storms and troubles of life, we only find refuge in Christ. And so for the believer, Christ is the strength of our life. He's called the God of all grace. And we who are his people have experienced that. We know that to be true. And think of this. Close with this and think of this. May this bring comfort to your soul this week. He alone is our sure, unchanging, eternal confidence and support. Christ and Christ alone. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for allowing us the privilege of gathering together, looking in thy word, O Lord. And all all we see reflected in this, this song of praise, every believer's heart, and how you, Lord, alone are our fortress, our, our refuge, our strength, our high tower, our shield, our Savior, our Redeemer, you and you alone. Oh, may you be glorified as we study this chapter, Lord, in the next few weeks. May you be glorified and magnified. May our hearts be lifted up in praise just as David's was in seeing thy great hand at work in our lives. Praise you, Lord Jesus, for saving our souls. Praise you for your mighty work of redemption. We love you because you first loved us in Jesus' name.